The word sports washing has steadily made its way into our daily lexicon, mainly since England got very upset when FIFA awarded the 2018 and 2022 World Cups to Russia and Qatar respectively, but its usage has steadily grown now to the point that it's not behind that it's not far behind VAR in terms of obligatory sports conversations that everyone has to have today, but nobody particularly wants to have. Just in case any of you listening don't know this term, sports washing refers to despotic international regimes using either the hosting of major sports events or purchasing high-profile sports clubs or player contracts or sponsoring teams as well in an effort to portray a positive image of itself to the world that deflects attention away from issues like poor human rights record or sometimes looking at you Saudi Arabia aka Newcastle's owners murder. The truth is though that this isn't a new phenomenon. Some of the most iconic sports events in memory can in hindsight be seen as sports washing efforts. Think of, for example, the Rumble in the Jungle in Zaire, or the Trilla in Manila which was held in Dictator, Fernand Ferdinand Marcos's Philippines. Though he was technically a citizen of the same country, you could also look at controversial former Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's long ownership of AC Milan as a means of sports washing by him turning from a corrupt frequenter of sexy bunga bunga parties into a figure more suited for the back pages instead. But the phenomenon has undoubtedly exploded in recent years. In addition to the aforementioned World Cups, as well as the newly announced 2028 World Cup in Saudi Arabia, consider for a moment the following most notable examples. You've got Man City, Newcastle, Paris Saint-Germain, WWE's regular tours of the glorious kingdom of Riyadh, Live Golf, the Formula One Qatar Grand Prix, the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, the Russian Grand Prix, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, the entire sport of boxing. We didn't start sports watching. Sorry, that's a that's a natural reflex whenever I go off on lists like that. This doesn't look like it has any signs of a betting anytime soon. You'll notice how the Premier League has gone very quiet about its fit and proper person test for ownership since uh, oil and oligarch money started rolling in. Uh, I suppose firstly with Roman Abramovich's takeover at Chelsea in 2005. Even recently we had Qatari billionaire Sheikh Yassim came coming perilously close to purchasing Manchester United but for the Glazers instead accepted a minority bid of, from Jim Ratcliffe. Formula One, boxing and wrestling all seem to get kind of a pass from the world for their associations with global despots, probably because of, well, low expectations on our part for those who run the sports more than anything else. The loudest public sports league to push back against sports watching was, of all things, the PGA Golf Tour, which is laughably one of the most elite, exclusive and money-hungry organisations on the planet. Aside from Rory McIlroy's stance, he seemed pretty legit. Uh, I don't think anyone questioned the PGA's public opposition to the formation of Live Golf was anything but self-serving grandstanding concerned more with protecting their own interests and the, than the crimes they claimed to be appalled by. So, of course, very few of us were surprised when the two organisations last year decided to merge in a move so predictable that even Donald Trump called it. Why is this allowed to continue? Why are we all standing idly by while the facets of entertainment that we all love so dearly are piece by piece being co-opted by awful people who commit atrocities? Well, today on the 12 Rants of Christmas, I can answer that question and say the quiet part loud that we all feel but are maybe too ashamed to admit. We allow this to continue because when you boil it down, nobody gives a shit about sports washing. Don't believe me? Let's look at the numbers. 1.5 billion people across the planet viewed the 2022 World Cup final between France and Argentina. 
550 million people across the globe viewed the tournament's opening match where Ecuador played guitar, which is despite the fact that 550 people total probably couldn't name more than five players participating on the pitch at the time. For reference, that means that that World Cup opening match between two absolute minnows was watched by almost five times the amount of people than watched last year's Super Bowl in total. 450 million people watched Man City defeat Inter Milan while the Prem in the Champions League final last year, while Premier League TV rights for the league uh, won four out of the last five seasons by the Abu Dhabi-owned club, recently sold for £6.7 billion, which, was, which the Premier League described as the largest sports media rights deal ever concluded in the UK. We can be horrified all we like by uh, reports of migrant workers being killed or discussed at homosexuality bans, but when you give us Messi versus Mbappe for all the marbles, the world still tunes in. Myself included, by the way. I'm not saying I'm superior here. I'm just the one pointing it out. But what can we put our ultimate apathy down to? Is all of this talk about sports washing needing to be curtailed with nothing more than empty virtue signaling? Many will argue that they don't tune into sports to think about politics. It's their escape away from the harshness of the world and it's ultimately not their responsibility to stand up to these regimes and miss the World Cup, which we only get once in every four years. And I hear that argument, I do, but I disagree to a point. I mean, I watched all of the World Cup too, but I definitely didn't stop think about thinking about politics while doing so. It felt at times like I actually just couldn't tune in to a broadcast or podcast discussing it without seeing some form of protest, a broadcaster speaking about the evils of Qatar, or pundits discussing how weird it all was and if we were all actually wrong for going along with it. More sports washing means more sports washing discussion. So if you want your sports without a side of moral discomfort, surely you should also want an end to it immediately too. Then there's the it's the economy stupid logic. The origin of that quote was of course Bill Clinton when he made the point that for all the morality at play when discussing certain topics, when people come to vote and put their foot down, they vote with their own pocket and self-interest first and foremost. This is kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to sports watching because for what it's worth, and again, I'm going to be totally honest here, as a Man United fan, I didn't particularly want Sheik Yassin to take over the club. For moral reasons, sure, yeah, but also because I just didn't want the rest of my sporting life to sound like a Newcastle United fan, trying to conjure up weak justifications for horrible regimes as an excuse for why I'm celebrating a goal being scored, or I didn't want to be like Man City fans and have to listen to every single person put an asterisk, an accusation of buying success whenever good things happen. But I will admit when talks were at their peak to thinking, look, I can't control this and the first step if they do take over will probably be they're going to buy Mbappe so that's a pretty decent silver lining and the reality is that we probably selfishly do think of the potential benefits of sports washing for us and turn a blind eye as a result. Think about this for example, let's say the world came together tomorrow and said let's get rid of this, these horrible people from our beloved sports. The next day, there would be riots in the streets of Manchester and Newcastle who'd see all of their potential happy future memories fade away if their owners had to cede control. And looking at Chelsea post Abramovich as a textbook example for just how badly that can go for a club. And I've touched on the other factor I think plays into our apathy as well. The naive belief that if we can't be beat them, let's just join them. These owners and governments are some of the most rich and powerful people in the world and money talks. Surely there's nothing we can do to stop them, so we may as well just try and start see the positives, right? I'm sorry, but that excuse, while I can see the other one, 
That one's total bullshit. And to prove it, I'll just say four words to you. The European Super League. The European Court of Justice recently ruled that UEFA and FIFA's sanctions against clubs who threatened to form a breakaway league to preserve their dominance of the sport broke competition law. And there's now nothing legally stopping them from forming a European Super League. But realistically, you think that's actually going to happen? We all know that it's not, and several of the original co-conspirators immediately came out after this ruling saying they wouldn't support another effort to do so. And why was that? Because all of us were so fucking revolted at the original idea that no matter how rich or powerful the main power brokers were in the movement, we stamped it out almost immediately by collectively just saying no until all but Barcelona and Real Madrid were forced to back down. And how depressing is that when you think about it? We can instantly stop these movements, regardless of wealth or power, but we choose not to when it comes to serious issues like homophobia and equal rights for women, and instead immediately call to action whenever just the idea of us never hearing the Champions League theme again is at risk. It's kind of messed up when you think of it like that. But before you have an existential crisis, though, I think I can explain. It's what I like to call the Ray Rice effect. Ray Rice was a successful Super Bowl winning running back for NFL franchise the Baltimore Ravens. In 2014, he was suspended initially for just two games following charges of aggravated assault being brought against him following a domestic violence dispute with his then fiance and now wife. Barely anyone batted an eyelid beyond people questioning how this would affect their fantasy draft or Baltimore Ravens fans. That was released until TMZ released a video of the incident that showed how truly disgusting Rice's behavior was. In the video, we could see him in an elevator, punching his wife in the face repeatedly with force he'd imagine an NFL player could carry, uh, her consequently then banging her head on the elevator handrail because she was knocked down instantly from it, and then you had Rice callously dragging her out of said elevator. When we saw the footage, the public outcry was so instant and unmerciful that after months of debate and legal wrangling, Rice never played another NFL game as his contract was terminated by the Ravens and then nobody else decided to pick him up. And the difference between the initial and eventual public reaction was clear. In the, where there was public outcry, we saw the crime taking place and we had to morally wrestle with how we felt by being presented undeniable evidence of just who this person was. So, before you despair about how selfish and uncaring we all are, consider this point. Maybe humanity has shown that when push comes to shove, we don't care about the term sports washing specifically. But maybe that's just an image problem by the people who created and used the term to describe acts we actually would care about if we saw them or truly understood. But the world does need to see what it is. We need to hear who it hurts specifically and the damage that it does. In the same way, you may have family members that have been apathetic about the Gaza conflict until they saw horrific videos of poor Palestinian child victims. Today, maybe because it's the Christmas period, I'm going to choose to be hopeful and say the war isn't won. We've effectively handed over the keys of aspects of our lives we love so much to the worst people on the planet. Maybe there's road to be run yet and we'll turn out not to be greedy, apathetic and driven by our own self-interest. But for that to happen, we need the people we rely on to tell these stories, not to fall back on that lazy term of sports washing that doesn't move the needle and just say sports washing is wrong. Show us directly and undeniably why it's wrong, inspire us and maybe then we'll pick up arms and fight for a better world.